This is the Heartland Daily Podcast. Hey, listeners of the Heartland Daily Podcast. For today's episode, H. Sterling Burnett joined Merrill Matthews and the Institute for Policy Innovation to discuss whether President Biden's gun control executive orders will actually solve any problems. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Institute for Policy Innovation's podcast. We're coming to you today from the studios of Salem Media Group in Dallas, Texas. I'm Merrill Matthews with the Institute for Policy Innovation, and we're talking about President Joe Biden's recent efforts to impose more restrictions on guns. I'm joined by Dr. H. Sterling Burnett of the Heartland Institute. Uh, He's going to provide some clarity on this issue. Sterling is a longtime friend, and we often come to him to get some clarity and insight on major issues relating to the Second Amendment and guns. Sterling, thank you for joining me. Thanks for having me on, Merrill. There have been a number of incidents lately uh, with some shootings, uh, some tragic shootings out there. Uh, the these are these are tragic incidents, but the left tends to try to latch onto these to try to push forward with more restrictions on our Second Amendment rights and guns, and that's been a typical pattern. Uh, President Biden doesn't think he can get some of this legislation that he'd like to be able to do through the House and especially the Senate, I think. And so he stepped up here recently with um, with some executive orders that he'd like to impose. And uh, he's got on the on the White House website. It's called a fact sheet. Biden Harris administration announces initial actions to address the gun violence public health epidemic. And he's got about five different things here, Sterling, that he is um, that he wants to try to address. And let's let's just go through each of these. Uh, One of the things he says is he wants to address ghost guns. Now, can you tell us what a ghost gun is and what is he trying to do with this? Well, as we all know, ghost guns are guns that have been killed and have come back from the dead. Just like No, I mean, uh, ghost guns are a myth. First off, let me say something in general about Biden's uh, statement. Mm -hmm. He he calls it a fact sheet, and yet I've rarely seen anything less devoid of any facts. Facts are based on data. There's no data in here. There are assertions and policy proposals, which are you know legitimate to make a policy proposal. That's what presidents do, but it has nothing to do with facts. And the ghost gun thing. He says there's a proliferation, and yet he gives you no data. He gives you no definition of what a ghost gun is. It's a very good and, point because I've I've read through it, and there are no facts in there. It's primarily just him stating what he wants to do. That's right. That's right. And so he doesn't tell you what a ghost gun is, so he doesn't define the problem, and he doesn't tell you how, how much it's pro- proliferated. Now, what he means, seems to mean by ghost guns is two things. Kits... Uh, unassembled parts that if you get other parts, registered firearm parts, that you can connect them together and make a complete firearm. But some of the parts will come with registration numbers and some won't. Even then, you don't just assemble a firearm. What you do is if you have a drill press and if you have basically all sorts of 
equipment and are mechanically inclined, I'm not, uh, you can build a gun. Well, guess what? People have been building guns in the United States since the beginning, uh, since before the Republic, since before there was a United States. And there's nothing illegal in building your own gun. So uh, nothing's going on there, as far as I can tell. Uh, nobody claims that any of the guns used in the recent mass shootings are so-called ghost guns. There's, there's never been, no one has ever said, any of these horrific events have been used by people using ghost guns. No, they were all registered firearms. Some of them owned by people who shouldn't have been owning them under the laws that exist. The second type of ghost gun is these so-called 3D mm-hmm. um, printed guns, where you get your 3D printer. Well, 3D printers don't do metal. <laughs> they do plastic. And the ghost guns, that, and he talks about this at length, oh, you can print these things off in your home. Uh, and and all, every news story mentions this one place that uh, uh, put instructions for how to produce using a 3D printer a ghost gun. Those ghost guns are plastic, uh, so-called ghost guns, but they still have metal in them. And guess what? They're single shooters or, or two shots. They're derringers. And if you try and fire them many times, they blow up. So these aren't guns that people are going in shooting up schools or workplaces or anything else. No ghost gun has ever been tied to a crime. So this is, once again, it's Biden doesn't think he can get a lot of stuff through Congress. But to placate his uh, radical base, he says, look, I'm doing something. I'm going after ghost guns. And that sounds scary. (laughs) <laughs> it's, it's, it's all it's you know it's all uh it's all bun no meat hmm. as, as you know the, the old wendy's commercial where's the beef well there's no beef in that proposal we we don't do we even know how many ghost guns there are out there or, or do we have an even an estimate i mean my my sense is there's not many well no i'll, I'll wager when he says ghost gun 99 percent of non-gun owners don't know what the heck he's talking about. But probably even 85% of gun owners don't know what he's talking about. Because they are such a small, we don't know how many people have printed off so-called ghost guns from 3D printers, but we do know they've never been once used in a crime. Do I do I recall correctly that they tried to uh, some states tried to limit that uh, a few years ago because there was uh, people were going to websites and downloading, if I remember right, instructions or something to do that? Well, yeah, no. They, 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 a company, a company put on the web how to do it, and states sued to get it pulled off, and they won the right to publish it on First Amendment grounds. And both, you know, what happened is lawsuits ensued in various states, and so they agreed to only release it based on a fee. So you have to pay now for the instructions. Mm. But the point is, we don't know how many people have downloaded it. We don't know how many of them have gone ahead and manufactured it. Let's face it. It's not as if every household has a 3D printer in it. <laughs> uh, they're, they're, they're cheaper than they used to be, but they ain't cheap. And what you don't have is, uh, if, if let's say I'm a, a criminal gang, I'm not printing off ghost guns because who wants a, a one-shot or a two-shot derringer that explodes after the third shot? Nobody. All right, let's go to the second uh, point here because he, he has five in there. And yep. he's, he wants the Justice Department to issue a proposed rule, and I'm reading now from it, to make clear when a device marketed as a stabilizing brace 
effectively turns a pistol into a short-barreled rifle subject to the requirements of the National Firearms Act. Now, this is, a, we talk about ghost guns, and most people don't know what that is. I don't, I don't know what a stabilizing <laughs> brace is. What, what are we talking about well, there? Let's be clear. He's talking about things that have been around since there have been handguns. I don't know if, uh, you know, many of your listeners would have ever seen a movie called, uh, uh, I think, A Fistful of Dollars with uh, Clint Eastwood and Lee Van Cleef. I've seen it. And, okay, you've seen it. If you remember, Lee Van Cleef was this, this slick uh, bounty hunter, and he he went in one time, and he pulled his string on his horse, and the guns rolled down, and he pulled a handgun out, and it had a um, a rifle stock that he attached to it, and then he shot somebody. Um, that's a brace. He's talking about uh, rifle stocks attached to handguns, and guess what? They've been around since the Old West, and nobody thought they were a danger back in the Old West. Uh, the first semi-automatic firearm, uh, the Mauser, it commonly came with a brace, with a, with a rifle stock, so you could brace it against your shoulder and, and shoot more accurately. Um, that's all they're talking about then, that, that, that firearms that are uh, uh, basically handguns or pistols that you can attach a rifle stock to. And uh, he's trying to do this, like I said, he's got to say he's doing something. So he's trying to do this through executive order. He's trying to do it saying, I'm directing the... Justice Department to issue a rule that basically makes these machine guns. Well, guess what? The Justice Department under Trump issued a rule saying that, um, I forget what the name of the device was, but the quick-fire device that made your semi-automatic rifle fire faster. Bump stock? Yeah, the bump stocks, right, the bump stocks. These are similar devices, by the way. They're just stocks that attach to handguns. Uh, So they attach these, these bump stocks. Well, guess what? The courts just said it was illegal. If you want to change the National Firearms Act, you actually have to go through Congress and change the National Firearms Act to list these things. That's what they did before, even during Clinton, when he did the so-called assault weapons ban. They listed particular things. They're basically cosmetic things that were that were illegal to sell from that point on for the next 10 years. Hmm. What they didn't do is, President Clinton didn't do is say, I'm listing these things and saying, we're going to count these under the National Firearms Act as if they're machine guns, which is what he wants to do. Mm. The third thing that he mentions is he wants the Justice Department to publish a model what he calls red flag legislation for states. What is red flag legislation when we were talking about guns? <laughs> you know, it's, it's funny that we have a department that's supposed to be enforcing the law that he wants writing laws. That's what we have a legislature for. So he wants the Justice Department, a branch of the executive that's supposed to enforce laws, to start writing model laws for the states. And red flag laws, what they mean is lack of due process laws. That's the short version of it, is rather than having been convicted of a crime, having been adjudicated mentally incompetent by a, a, through a judicial proceeding, having been dishonorably discharged from the military, all things that disqualify you under law from owning a firearm, they want to take away your Second Amendment rights without any of the, you know, the, the uh, complications of actually going to a court of law and, 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 and having you proved incompetent or a, a criminal. They want to say, well, my neighbor threatened me, and I know he has guns, 
So we want you to seize the guns. And in secret, you don't get a right to defend yourself. In secret, the police go and say, we'd like a red flag seizure order. And then, and we all know how everyone trusts the police these days. Then the police can go to your neighbor and say, give us your guns until we determine that you're not really a criminal. Or until you can go to court and prove that you're not, that you're, that, that basically you should get to keep your right to keep and bear arms. Hmm. It's, it's basically, you don't have to go through the normal procedures. You know, if, if you're convicted of a crime, you can't own a gun. If you've ever been uh, locked up uh, in, in a, 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 for therapy, you know, for an asylum or, or for mental dis- disability, you can't own a gun. Mm-hmm. If you've been dishonorably discharged, you can't own a gun. These are things where, no, you haven't committed any crimes. You're not mentally incompetent. We've just decided, based on some person saying something about you somewhere, maybe on social media, I got this crazy neighbor down the street. Uh, we should take away his guns. I know, I know he owns guns, and boy, I don't trust him. Yeah, so, so the police go to a court and say, hey, look, people are saying he's crazy, and he's dangerous, and he said some nasty things. Let's go take his guns away. So you, you lose a right based on rumor, not on sort of uh, civil procedures, which normally you have to go through. All right, I'm going to shift to the fifth point. We'll come back to the fourth. But the fifth point is that he wants the Justice Department to issue an annual report on firearms trafficking. Now, I don't follow this closely, but I would suspect there are already reports on firearms trafficking, at least as much as uh, as, they, as much information as they have. What What is that all about? Well, uh, it, it, it's just basically bolstering claims that we need to uh, make laws stricter in states that that aren't as strict as, say, New York or Washington, D.C. or Chicago. We, we all know how well those laws work. Chicago has dozens of shootings almost every weekend you hear about. Uh, but they've got very strict gun laws. So basically this is, okay, we want reports on where the guns are coming from. Well, they've got studies that show that. Most of the guns that are used in Illinois were bought in Illinois. Most of the guns used in New York crime were bought in New York. They're not trafficked. But... I'll be honest. So long as it, I don't trust the Justice Department under Biden to do this. I don't trust the Justice Department to do it. You want to do it, put out a contract, have people bid on the contract, researchers, legitimate researchers, not one tied to an anti-gun group or a pro-gun group, uh, and, and, and let somebody do original research. But for the politicized, highly politicized Biden administration to do this research, you know what the predetermined conclusion is going to come to. Oh, guns with states with with more liberal gun laws are sending guns to states with stricter gun laws. So, is 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 in uh, firearms trafficking? Are they primarily talking about inter uh, interstate trafficking there, or are they talking about? I, I suspect uh, I suspect they are. I mean, the details are, have yet to be hashed out. Uh-huh. It could be intrastate trafficking, but my suspicion is it's going to be uh, trafficking from. Uh, from one state with loose gun laws to another state with uh, very strict gun laws. And do we have any evidence that there's that that uh, guns are trafficked into the United States from other countries, or is that a, a minimal issue? Uh, no, no, no. We, we, we've got plenty of guns here. <laughs> they don't have to. To be fair, they don't have to bring guns into the United States. We, we do buy a lot of guns from overseas. Mm-hmm. People do because there are a lot of good manufacturers overseas. But uh, the only trafficking 
you know, under Obama, there was some inter-country uh, inter, uh, trafficking, and it was done by the Obama administration. Hmm. <laughs> they, uh, under Fast and Furious, they encouraged gun shops in Arizona and some other states yes. to sell to criminal gangs out of Mexico so they could so-called follow the guns. How were they going to follow the guns? Well, it turns out they didn't. So these guys sold guns to people that weren't legally allowed to buy guns because the government told them, gave them the okay to do it. Yeah, go ahead and make that sale. They, they checked. They said, yeah, go ahead and make that sale. We're, we're, we're all on top of this. Because they wanted to follow the traffickers. And they went across the border to Mexico where they fueled crime there and then came back and fueled crime here. We had at least one, one border patrol agent killed by a gun that was trafficked out of Arizona at the Justice Department's behest under Obama to Mexican drug gangs. So um, my suspicion is that's not the kind of research they're going to do. <laughs> my, the, the last point here is, and I'm scratching my head over this one, uh, is the administration is investing in evidence-based community violence interventions. So he has, he has three points, the, uh, the American Jobs Plan. Uh, he wants to have $5 billion in there to invest in what he calls community violence intervention programs. Uh, some of this has to do with Medicaid. Uh, others is uh, other types of uh, violence programs. What exactly? Th- this sounds like something that isn't really gun related, but more just uh, another way to funnel money out into the community. Well, I think that's exactly what it is. Uh, you know, under 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 Obama, they tried to do uh, they tried to funnel to reduce violence by uh, paying to build new basketball courts and to start leagues where kids they wouldn't be in crime, they wouldn't be doing criminal, they'd be playing basketball or doing sports or, you know, and I guess that's a noble goal. Don't get me wrong. Uh, I'd rather have kids playing basketball than using guns. But there's no evidence whatsoever that any of those programs actually reduced any violence. <laughs> uh, the, the, the kid that's going to be slinging drugs on the street corner or the people he works for, they weren't out there playing basketball before the drugs were being sold, and then they weren't out there after the basketball courts were built because they're out there making money. Now, you want to find new job opportunities? Uh, uh, you know, let's face it, Obama and, and Biden made that worse because they locked up scores of, of young African-American men on petty drug crimes. And then he said later, when he was running for presidency, oh, well, I, I, that was a mistake. <laughs> well, Trump told you that was a mistake, and he started uh, saying these crimes, it's discriminatory. You, you treat white offenders different than African-American offenders. And he started letting some of these people out. But that happened under Biden and Obama. Uh, if you want to reduce crime, open up markets in the inner city. Quit having so many regulations that shut uh, uh, small businesses down. And step up policing. Don't, don't tell the police to stand down when people are riding in, a, in your local grocery store, electronic store, liquor store. Tell them to arrest everybody that goes that, that, that does the rioting. Mm. That's how you reduce violent crime in uh, urban neighborhoods. That's a good point to close on. Thank you, Sterling, for providing your insights on President Biden's new executive order on guns. For those of you who want to find out more about Dr. H. Sterling Burnett uh, of the Heartland Institute, you can go to the Heartland Institute website. He has a lot of things that he's published there. And we encourage you to try out our website at IPI.org. If you've enjoyed this podcast, how about giving us a favorable review on iTunes or your favorite podcast platform? 
Thank you for joining us.